0: here's what's happening. I'm standing barefoot in my backyard. It is not only a full moon, it is a super moon and it's a blood moon and it's a full lunar eclipse. So at the moment, the earth is precisely between the sun and the full moon. And there's only a tiny, tiny little sliver because of the eclipse of a full moon that's actually left. And it's got a big cast of red over the the moon, and I I hear that's going to get a little bit brighter, and you can hear the dogs barking in my neighbor's backyard, and maybe a little bit of noise from the city, and you can see the stars. It's a little chilly, I must say. I'm only wearing my bathrobe. It's not that... I mean, I am from Alaska, so it's not that cold. Orion is out, and it's a beautiful night, and... I have successfully resurrected a wonderful podcast with Susan Bratton of Revive Her Drive. Her newest book, I should say, is The Soulmate's Embrace. And she's going to talk about two things. The sweet spot pillow technique, which is a cunning linguist's favorite pillow position. So it's good for the giver and for the receiver, you know, because you really want to set up those win-wins, you know, and you can really go at it for the long haul. Also, she has this amazing breast massage technique. Not only does it sound incredibly pleasurable, but also it's probably really good for you. I mean, with all that Engorgement and lymphatic massage, and also a hilarious feminist comedy. Anne Galjure is the playwright. She talked about the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants suits, really exploring how feminism can and really should be funny. We do have to laugh at these things. And I just love it that I get to talk to you in my bathrobe while watching an eclipse in my backyard and the supermoon is smiling down at me thanks so much for listening to sexploration with monica this is sex everyone gets what they want this is sexploration explore play this is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. Welcome. Friday night in San Francisco. All the lights of the city are going to come on in just a few hours. And imagine all the possibilities. Because I always think whenever I'm looking at the San Francisco skyline that every single light is someone's experience, is a possibility, is just a party waiting to break out. I have Anne Galjur here, who is the
1: screenwriter and
0: producer, one of the producers of...
1: Yes, I am the playwright. Playwright. Oh, yes. Uh, from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pantsuits Theater I love Collective. that
0: they have a theater collective. <laughs> and I love that they travel because the world needs more pantsuits. That's right.
1: Specifically at this time.
0: I know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Why did the pantsuits have to leave us in the first place? I know. I know. Okay, but we're keeping it together just for the radio show. Um, anyway, so this is a comedy, uh, Get Gandhi, a radical feminist com- uh, comedy. And I personally, I didn't realize that radical feminism could be this funny.
1: Right. I mean, it, we are. It's, you know, because usually we're pissed off. We're like,
0: sexism, why? Yeah, patriarchy.
1: I know. Yeah. It's so annoying. Right. So it had to be a comedy because these are outrageous times. Indeed. And, it, and, and part of the title is that it's a seriously radical feminist comedy. And so that's part of the comedy that the characters are so serious in their pursuit.
0: Well, that's why <laughs> it's so funny. And you seriously <laughs> do not know when it's a joke. <laughs> because you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. And but and in some ways, like that whole bitch joke, right? Like many people did not know if they were supposed to laugh or not, right? Because to uh, and I don't know were the characters wave feminists? Were they first wave, second wave, third wave feminists?
1: So we'd say that this is a multi generational. Oh, of absolutely. Feminism. So certainly, uh, Miriam, the academic. Uh, the character in her 70s mm-hmm. uh, uh, is certainly s- uh, second wave feminism, as is her, um, you know, one of her students, Helen, who's mm-hmm. in her 50s, the yoga uh, slash belly dancing Belly instructor. dancing instructor. Yes. I loved it so much yes. that she was a belly dancing instructor. Well, of course, because this is also a homage to uh, <laughs> when I first came to the city, and my oh best gosh. friend, uh, you know, I, I dedicated my work to my teachers, right? Who were radical feminists, and one of them, my best friend Jeanette Cool, uh, you know, uh, is al- is also a belly dancer, and through right. her, I met these radical feminist belly dancers, and that was part of the heyday. Of the belly dance movement in San Francisco in the 1970s mm-hmm. and into the 80s. And even now, there's a strong community. Yeah,
0: with Fat Chance Belly Dance. Yes, yes. And you didn't realize, I don't know if you were living in Alaska like me, you didn't realize that belly dancing was so feminized, uh, feminized zing. Like right. if you were a feminist and you started to belly dance, you're like, oh, actually, this is all about female power and being in my body. And
1: Completely. and it's
0: not about like just jingling your money maker for not at, fellas, not. Not for at, dollars uh, in your cleavage. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. In fact, uh, if you look at the history of it, uh, back in I want to say the 17th century, in parts of the Middle East, these were educated women who were dancers, and uh, and would also. Uh, read literature they knew literature very well they were poets it stems from that tradition and as I did a little bit more research the roots of belly dancing actually probably come from India which I didn't realize till after we were in rehearsal
0: oh funny
1: play right yeah but um so yeah so it just made a lot of sense this is a love letter for me my teacher's The women Your feminist teachers? Yes. And I am Cajun. I grew up in a little hick town in Louisiana Mm. and I came to San Francisco in nineteen eighty because this was the happening place.
0: For women's studies and well, all theater, of
1: the, yes, theater, and the culture. And, and, and you
0: cult- mentioned the right.
1: coquettes. Oh, my gosh. I love the coquettes. Who was more outrageous and creative. And sparkly the, oh and my. queer. Oh, yes. Yes, but glorious. glorious glorious Gloriously, Gloriously so in a way that was specifically San Franciscan. Yeah. And in North Beach. Right. Right. So it honors that. I hope that I honor the city Mm -hmm. that taught me so much, Mm -hmm. and I came here as a recent graduate in theater from a small university in Louisiana, and I came and I learned. The city allowed me to grow as an artist. Uh, I started out as a solo performer, Mm -hmm. and then those solo performance pieces grew into plays, so the, the the genesis of Get Gandhi started out in 2014. I was looking for a way to work with some actresses whose work I deeply, deeply respect and admire, Jerry Lynn Cohen and Patty Silver. And both of these women are word-for-word theater company charter members, but I, I'm a long time admirer of their work. And mm-hmm. so we started getting together and eating and talking and, Looking for material, and we stumbled upon. Mar- so, was
0: there a real statue oh, of Gandhi? Oh,
1: Monica. You don't know the statue of Gandhi behind yeah, the ferry me building in it. San Francisco? I mean, I
0: saw the pictures, and I was like, I don't remember a statue behind the ferry building.
1: It's behind the ferry building along the Embarcadero. And- oh. I believe it's been up there since 1988 oh. and every once in a while somebody rips off Gandhi's glasses or nicks his staff or something so it's got because a bit of a history because he's
0: a controversial character as we found out which you know a lot of people don't know right. that Gandhi was not the most sympathetic guy if you
1: are mm, I don't know a feminist Well, he's controversial, which Mm -hmm. makes him the stuff of theater. That's true. Yeah. So when we were looking at material in Mary Daly's, the wonderful radical feminist theologian and philosopher Mary Daly, in her seminal work *Pure Lust*, she talked about Mahatma Gandhi's controversial brahmacharya practice, his practice of celibacy. Where, but it's
0: not just celibacy. Let's it's, just get this straight.
1: Well, what made it controversial was that he would, to test his seminal continence, his purity of spirit.
0: He would he, lie naked.
1: Naked! And have young girls, young women and girls, lie naked with him. Relatives. Bed, his relatives. He, and his great-grandniece mm. to see, to, to test his seminal Whether or continent.
0: not he's pure. Right, And of course, sometimes he's not going to be totally pure all night long and then you get this visual image and you're like,
1: why? Right. And he just felt bad. Like, <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry, God, I right. haven't and the reached farmer, my he's purity. Like, so it was my, nothing about her. Like, right?
0: About the mother and he's like sobbing for his mother and you're like this young, naked woman holding him. He's sobbing. It's and, Gandhi. Yeah,
1: he would have in the middle of the Ugh. night, he'd wake up shivering and he'd have these young women hold him. Covered in cold him, sweat or something, yes. Hold him and call him mother. <laughs> I mean, so it's complex. He's complex. Yes. He certainly did extraordinary things.
0: And especially for India with colonialism.
1: Correct. He brought women out into the streets to help protest against the British. right? Right, okay. But? but
0: Nonviolence.
1: Well, I don't know what you call what's going on in the bed, but those young girls. Yeah, that was a little coercive. That doesn't really sound like consent to me because he, you know, some of these women would cry a lot and people go, why are you crying? One of the women we know was very, very upset. He even, some of his followers. So did you actually look at the historical documents and you... There's a fabulous book by Ved Mehta called Gandhi and His Followers, hmm. where he talks about this at length, hmm. and even has, he publishes one of the letters from one of his followers who left him. He was so upset by this. That oh, he, said, he actually to... lost followers oh, yes. for this. Oh, yes. Oh, How yes. interesting. Oh, yes. So it was upsetting to people, but in... What can I say? In all fairness. Right. You know, so.
0: (laughs) These were young women and also his relatives who were kind of not, I mean, he's such a powerful figure. How are you going to say no to him? It's scary. And it's
1: power. Right. Sexual power and misuse of power is what's going on here
0: exactly and uh, and it's totally all about rape culture which is what the me too movement was trying to address and i noticed that you did quite deftly drop the me too hashtag without being too
1: obvious about it right well, we had been working on this since 2014. Which was before Me Too. Right. <gasps> and we had a good we had a draft. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty good draft, and we were sending it out to theaters. And there were people who were interested in it, but they were afraid of the subject matter. Mm. And finally, with Me Too movement and Time's Up, we said, we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. If nobody's going to produce us, we will self-produce this play. And that's what we did. And that's and that's why I was wondering about
0: that because it's so hard to get feminism. uh, I mean, many people don't even want to say that they're a feminist, even though they are. For instance, Sarah Palin, totally a woman with power who doesn't just work at home. Hello, she's not just taking her children. She's actually benefiting from feminism, and she's not willing to call herself a feminist. And even, I mean, lots of women.
1: Well, that's part of a generational divide that I think we also get a taste of through the characters, the younger female, certainly the daughter, Helen's daughter in the play, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. who rejects. Well, she was raised
0: as a feminist and went to the marches. And then she's like, well, I just want to be normal and accepted. And so she kind of backlashes and goes the other direction. But it's so cute because then you see her in her alone time with her dad. And her dad, you know, basically kind of raised her and the hair brushing Mm. and the
1: sweetness. Because he was relieved of sex roles. And that's one of the gifts of feminism, right? that people are free of sex roles. He was really into being the nurturing parent, Mm -hmm. and it did free Helen up to pursue her goals. So that's part of the liberation of it. So I'm glad you're pointing that out, Monica. Yeah,
0: well, it's one of those things where it's just absolutely part of the process where I think we're beginning to get more and more open as a society. And certainly men are starting to think about how they are able to let go of the masculine sex roles and gender roles as we kind of try to imagine them. But, you know, I think men actually have a long way to go because they're not ready to let go of the masculine identity. We're just starting to see, oh, men's rights movements, you know, which is kind of a backlash against feminism, and they don't realize they're included in feminism. That's right. Men can be released from their gender roles.
1: And look who we have here at the pseudo-helm of our country, I know, know. pseudo strong <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? That this is oh my goodness, it's, yeah. And so this is the backdrop of this comedy. So yeah, we've had a
0: lot of really. Great- and you didn't realize that this, of course, was going to happen because you started in like 2014 right. working on this play,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you know we've had a lot of great positive responses from people, and so we're down at Z below in San Francisco at 450 Florida Street. We have this weekend, and next week the show runs through August 26th. It's really a lot of fun every night for every performance. Well, that's the thing. So
0: I saw it with a man who's not a feminist at all, and I would say he's kind of sexist. And he was laughing. Sure. He thought Bob was
1: hilarious. Well, there's a lot to laugh with. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, I'm I'm having fun. We need a comedy. Yeah. It's the only way to talk we about really this stuff. These are outrageous times, yeah. and we need a comedy to be able to talk about these difficult issues. And even the B word, which is part of the generational divide. The- you mean bitch? Yes. Oh! <laughs> but you see, that's my well, generation. Well, see, the thing is, yeah. is-
0: I don't know what was it. Susan Faludi wrote that book, "Bitch," right? Mm-hmm. And it just we now reclaimed it. And of course, your third feminist, the little feminist of the group, talked about how we reclaimed. But and you're like, yes, I am a bitch. I am reclaiming my power. I I'm re-owning that word. But I mean, I know that that does feel different. To people in a different generation.
1: Well, I'm 60 60 and three quarters years old, and I have a hard time with that word, but that's part of the dialogue and the debate and the comedy, and I also teach college students, and when I talk about this... They look at me. All my students look at me. Oh, Miss Gallagher, that train left the station a long time ago. <laughs> right.
0: So if We're they get over a, it, bitch. right. We're right, over they it.
1: They get a kick out of it. Yeah. So yeah.
0: How do you feel about bitch, Susan?
2: Well. I think I'm a badass bitch. Right, exactly. <laughs> see, and I'm some 57. People, right. Okay. Some people... So I'm not see, sure it's your age. I think it might be your mindset. It might be. It might <laughs> be. Maybe, yeah.
0: But you know, some people feel very safe around that word, and some people don't. And I think that is... I can Let see me, that's totally part of your background.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me get more specific. I'll get really honest, because we're all girls here, right? Lay it yeah, on we are. Okay, okay. So for me, you can call me that word uh-huh if but, you but a man can't call me that word sure mm-hmm.
0: i can see that
1: yeah they couldn't call me that word
2: sure yeah. because it would be used in the pejorative <gasps> how about if i were a man and i said and you're a badass bitch how would you feel if i were a dude if maybe i, knew I should say it even
0: lower me. <laughs> If I knew he right would, he was coming from a place of approval how would you feel right would you I'm still not, sure. not like it
1: I don't know. I'm from the country where mm-hmm. there's. I'm from the he, country. You know, I he just,
0: rarely means it in a good way. Right.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it I it just resonates. Yeah. With me. But that's a, it's a, a word with sting for you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's got some sting. Let me just be again. You know, the a girl could call me that. Maybe, yeah. But I'd have a hard time with a man because what would he know about it? What would he know about it? Right. Yeah, what does he know about protecting his puppies? You know, what does he know, man? What does he know about... You know, female, power. female being one of, you know, a vilified, you know, minority in this culture here, mm-hmm. you know, be a woman here mm-hmm. and see what what it's like. Yeah. You know? Have a vagina and yeah, see, see what, what it's, it's like. like feel what experience what it's like. Yeah. So I'm well, just, let me yeah. ask you another
2: question about bitch. So if someone calls me a bitch and they mean it and it's pejorative and they're like, you're such a bitch. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I am like that is also my experience, which is
1: I'm Okay. Sometimes being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Are you? I guess, but you know, as a writer, I'd probably want a more specific word. Sometimes, sometimes. Where I'm at. You know, I'll be on. Look, I, yep. look. I'm a recent grandmother. And yeah. It was like y'all you know, when my grandson was born two and a half years ago. An alarm went off. Uh huh. And I just stopped cursing because I had. It's a good the idea. Tongue of this of a sailor because they right they pick up that stuff I was saying and then Shaysa for me it became married when i was two <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah but it was like it for me it's just me now i'm yeah. only speaking for myself sure for me it's like lazy it's it was like lazy speech it was it like, is lazy i want to just get Not more very specific yeah mm-hmm. i want to get more specific here so that mm-hmm. but that's just me and i love the way We are living in the dialogue here and the debate about all of these things. And that's what this comedy, that's what the play is all about. And that's what we get to do every night at Sea Mm -hmm. Below in San Francisco Mm -hmm. uh, for the run of the play. So, yeah.
0: I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit because I oftentimes get hung up on words that people usually associated with genitals and women like, um, I'm just going to say them. Dick and cunt and pussy. You're such a
2: pussy. You're using some of my favorite words. Just I know, FYI, me too. and even fuck. Like I think the word That's my number one favorite. is
0: sacred. I think you know people should very talk empowering. about the f word when with like some amount of awe because it is such a sacred thing. The f word is so personal and visceral and. Meaningful. I would never f word with someone that I didn't think was profoundly neat, right? Never, <laughs> never, 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 never. And so to me, like words like you know, you're such a dick, you're such a pussy, you're said. Like, why are we demeaning our genitals and our passion and our sexiness? Why are we using them in such a pejorative and demeaning way? Like, why aren't we reclaiming these words yeah. and saying, "You know, I why am doesn't a dick kind mean a, yes,
2: a staff yes, of power, I am so
0: powerful." Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I am. It is our power seat. You know, like, and you know, and if if I'm not going to say someone's a dick when I'm when I think he's bad or or punishing or rude or. I don't know. If what-
2: someone calls us a pussy, we should say you wish. <laughs> or you know, like <laughs> you I, wish you were one. I'm I, I am one. <laughs> there is nothing weak about pussy. <laughs> no, nothing. Because
0: babies come out of there, yeah, and it is our powerful. seat. Well, of it is our
2: seat of creativity. Is it our seat? It is our seat of vitality. Is it our of fe- seat of energy? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's
1: Something we do that they can't. Make okay. babies. Right. We bring in the divine. Okay. And have
0: five-minute orgasms. Right. Right. There's a lot of stuff right. we can't, they can't do. Right.
1: It's sad. But I want to stick with the, the, the words because it's the experience of saying those words through the body, I mean, what is sound? Sound mm-hmm. is yeah. air vibrating through the skeletal structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even the experience of going, fuck. Yeah. Just oh, feels so the feel it's the feeling and the yeah. experience of it. So it's not just the word, but it's just it's the experience of saying the word, the sound vibrating through your right. skeletal structure. It's all mm-hmm. it's all of it, you know, the vibrations. So, right? Mm-hmm. The vibrations. And
0: vibes. What are we in this world but vibrations?
1: That's right. We emit vibrations. So true.
0: So we're here with Anne Galjour of Get Gandhi, a radical feminist. Comedy and Susan Bratton. I snuck in the studio. Snuck in the studio Just to so I talk could say about dirty words. <laughs> hey, well, I think it's important that we talk about these dirty words because they do have meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, I invited you to be part of our kind of roundtable feminist discussion. Also, because I really need to know more about these sex positions that you write about in your Revive Her Drive newsletter. It's sure. so interesting. So we're going to talk about that later Great. in we the show. Great. get to show. talk about
2: sex positions? Yeah,
0: we are. And, and then also- you also
2: want to talk about breast massage. I do. because Excellent. I had one last night just so I could bone up. Oh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. I have them all the time. Bone up.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm going to drop as many dirty little innuendos as
0: possible.
2: Friday night. I'm <laughs> so glad you're here.
0: Tim Bratton just found a parking place. So welcome to the studio. We are also going to talk about my next journey, which is how I pay for this show. It's brought to you by GetRealEstate.us. That's all I really need to say about it. That's my website. Can I thank GetRealEstate.us? Oh, yes, we .us. Do. Yes. Yes. Thank, for you bringing us. Thank you,
1: getrealestate.us. Thank you,
0: Yeah, this is why awesome. I can do this sex exploring because, you know, God bless America, but they really don't pay you to talk about sex on the radio nope. in this country. And I know that it was probably difficult for you to get, get Gandhi on stage. Well,
1: who's supporting women in their 60s to produce theater? No, if you want to be, if you're in your 60s and you're a woman and you've got this play you got to get up and do it yourself. We raise the money ourselves, so that's why we're up there. We're doing it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I think, you know, sex-positive feminism is also very... It's not part of the national discourse because, I mean, certainly you see all of the the backlash with SESTA-FOSTA and sex workers. I mean, they can barely even do their business anymore because our legislation, and especially with president number 45, he is doing his darndest to do as much as he can to oppress women in all the ways that they make money, you know, particularly with sex work. Back to the traveling suits. Does that have something That's to do our with theater Hillary? Company. Well, I mean, I know the pantsuit is kind of a Hillary thing.
1: Right. Well, we, yes, well. Nancy Carlin, our director. I mean, we get together and eat and read the scenes of the play and discuss the play. And over dinner one night, when we realized in the in November of 2017 that if this play was going to see the light of day, we would have to produce it ourselves, we decided. You know, what are we going to call ourselves? Nancy Carlin came up with the idea of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pantsuits Theater Collective. That's how that came together, and that kind of rode on the heels of.
2: Are they polyester oh, pantsuits? Since the 60s? No, not no no, no no no
1: no. No. This is San Francisco international na- natural It's fibers. all organic. Yep. Organic fabric in our pantsuits. <laughs> right, yes, and are yes. they
2: pastel colors like the colors of uh cereals or things or what right. are they? Are they like shocking Are they tie-dye? Cuz you're in San Francisco. Well, we what do these each pantsuits look
1: different? Like? We each have our uh different personalities, you know. I kind of have my, uh, you know, my uh, <laughs> pinstripe <laughs> pins pantsuit. She's got her yoga That's powerful. The so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I like a pinstripe. Yeah. So Nancy does have some pastel uh, from a recent trip to France. She's got her pastel colors, and <laughs> so uh, there are yeah.
0: really pantsuits involved oh, in this brand of feminism. That was just for a photo that got we it. took. <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah, got so it. that's what we called ourselves because you got to name yourself something mm-hmm. when you go out. Yeah, you know, to, that's our organization. Sure.
0: Yeah. So do you see your play as in, at all sex positive? I mean, certainly the coquettes and the reference to the coquettes is sex positive. Oh
1: yes, yes, and. What we really see the play doing is contributing to two national conversations about women's issues and about what constitutes sexual assault and specifically non consent, also questioning hero worship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They kept saying, "Take him off his pedestal." Right. You
1: know, right? Exactly. So that's two national conversations we have going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were appalled by the election. I mean, we really—it was, it was devastating. It was you know. Th- so this is part fully totally devastating. Yeah, right.
0: So it's part. I of, cried the whole next
1: day. Right, and I had students at the university who really couldn't go to school. They, were yeah, I couldn't go to and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. but. So we consider our work part of a national response team mm-hmm. to this, you
0: know, <laughs> to this situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I was what, yeah. in a yoga class in Oakland the next day, and we we were all crying. All of the women in the yoga class in Oakland were like, we were in child's pose, like quaking, just because we thought Hillary was going to win, mm-hmm. and she did not. It was a surprise. Yeah.
1: It was a big surprise. Yeah, and what's up now? I mean, they're what they want to push through this conservative Supreme Court justice candidate. I mean, they just want to you know control everything. I know. You know At least,
0: least we have still the notorious Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, my God. Who is with us and we're learning more about her and her movie coming up. That's so exciting. That
1: film is fantastic. Everybody should see oh, it. Oh, you've seen it oh, already? Oh, my gosh. She'd oh, my gosh. She's going to outlive this.
0: Yes. This. I love her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's keep we she's need to keep her. She's amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what does sex positive feminism mean to you,
2: Susan? Sex positive feminism means women having equality mm-hmm. and enjoying their sexuality.
0: Mm -hmm. Or at least having the ability to say yes and no to what they want sexually. Well, I think that's
2: consent. Right. Which would be a separate category.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I'm kind of like trying to mix it up and have kind of a round table discussion about feminism Mm -hmm. and sex positive feminism, because I think that with Sexploration with Monica... I think a lot of people didn't realize that this was a sex-positive show. I mean, they knew it was about sex, but they didn't realize maybe that I was a feminist. And I really want to kind of get behind that and kind of push it a little bit more because I think the reason that women can talk about sex and we can make it safe, I mean, I think Me Too is a feminist movement. And I think creating consent culture is all about women having more power. And that's the reason I wanted to do this show was because I had so many experiences growing up where I realized that men were trained to not take no for an answer. And women were always trained to be sweet and polite and potentially generous but like, and not hurt anyone's feelings and they didn't really you know, I didn't learn that I needed to punch people in the face if they weren't taking no for an answer. And so I just really wanted to give women and obviously myself a safe space to talk about sex, frankly, because I find it so empowering Mm -hmm. to be able to say, and especially after doing this show for 10 years, I mean,
2: I can, I'm I'm really proud of you for that. Oh, thanks. I I came in at least, has it been 10 years? Or Actually, longer? it's been 12. 12 yeah. years. I was going to say, I thought it was 13. Um, yeah. I think I was one of your very first guests yeah. that you ever had. And for me to come back a dozen years later Yay. and be sitting here doing another show for you, high five. Mom, woo! Woo! Wow. <laughs> i mean that's so awesome that yeah. not only are you still doing the show yeah. i'm still teaching sex yeah. advice and we're still doing it yeah. all these Absolutely. years later and it is a tough place to exist the and it's space an of ever positive changing. sexuality it is exactly. yeah. yeah so congratulations yeah. And i am honored and thrilled and happy for you to be here.
0: Yay! <laughs> you were one of the first people working in online marketing of sex-positive products. I know you did uh, female ejaculation with Tallulah Suli. Yeah, you know, I'm relaunching that. I've oh, been sweet. like, everything
2: squirty lately. Yay. I know. Well,
0: so many people don't even know that women
2: can ejaculate still. I know. I've been doing <laughs> a bunch of research on it, and people, we're, they're still... Still having the conversation. Yeah. It's pee. No, it's not. It's uh, pee. No, it's not. And I'm like Jiminy, Christmas. Talk about underfunded research in I my mean, human sexuality you can tell, class. Yeah. You know, like every single aspect of what's in a, in semen. You right. know, right. luteinizing hormones, serotonin, testosterone. I'll give you the list of 26 ingredients and sure. their metric volumes. Yeah. But what, what that female ejaculate people think even, it's exists. So pee or right. even exists or even exists or
1: that all women can't yeah. do it is right. nuts. So another example of discrimination. Yeah. Another fine example of discrimination well, and not it. and not seeing right, yeah. but for a long time. Yeah. Not seeing us as three dimensional human beings and separate worthy, biology right, right separate biology worthy of research yeah worthy of investment it's in happening all of this though. right right but look at how long it's taken mm-hmm. right same thing with cancer I, well, you know yeah I, breast cancer. cancer breast cancer yeah, yeah, I've absolutely. just had so many friends who've had breast yeah. cancer no and just, I, know. I think just and all and the push that it took mm-hmm. you know but I don't mean bring put no, a no, downer no. on it, but no, I'm just saying, look how long Can't everything is right. It you, right. The,
0: the women and orgasm. Like, how long did it take for people right. to be like, oh, you know, I think women do actually have orgasms.
2: Right. You know what's so <laughs> interesting, too? I think At the time all. will come when uh, women's orgasms will be it's so funny. I just looked up and I saw a sign that says, you're, you're a fucking cunt. Right up there. There's a sticker. I know, isn't that <laughs> Try funny? not to be a dick. Right. <laughs> so funny. They are everywhere. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting is that as we start to understand women's orgasmic potential... Which is uh, profound. Men, oh, Men are getting left in the dust because they have this mono something. I don't know this monochrome, maybe. M- yeah, mono something view of well, their don't... own orgasmic potential. They think, oh, I ejaculate, I have an orgasm, and I ejaculate. When in reality, men are equally as orgasmic multi-orgasmic. As women.
0: Yeah, equally. and they limit their orgasm to the crotch needs, and it's know. just not fair to them.
2: Just like women limit their orgasm to a clitoral orgasm, I'm right? Like, oh, you could touch my labia and I can come just as well. I mean, (laughs) you know, once you train your body, once you know and you learn, uh, you can have it all. So I think it's just a matter of time. But someday there'll be a radio show where men are sitting around talking about how they've, you know, have to come from behind. "Quote unquote," because <laughs> they've you know been you know suffering under this single orgasmic experience. Right. So
0: Yeah. Well, I can they can don't, see that too. I can they see that day know coming. Their full orgasmic potential coming.
2: Yeah. As many as I can. But I'm, I'm going to bu- do as many as I can. <laughs>
0: sweet. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell us about the breast massage or the sweet spot pillow position first? Which do you
2: think is? Well, I have two things. So mm-hmm. one is something called my breast massage master plan. Monica mentioned earlier that one of the programs I I first created was a program called Revive Her Drive. So I'm a publisher of sex techniques, Mm -hmm. passionate lovemaking techniques. But one of the programs I created was Revive Her Drive for men in relationship whose wives no longer wanted them for sex or not, uh, not for the frequency that the men wanted, because they'd never got any education in understanding how to woo their woman, seduce her, turn her on, open her to her pleasure potential, create the trust that she can have for surrender, help and her overcome lot of her body shame, let the
0: juiciness out of their relationship, and their only domestic partners.
2: And he forgets to romance her and begs her for sex, which annoys her. Oh my god! And then he Begging for sex is not a good and, way know, of doing it. You know what happens, yeah. right? So I created Reviver drive. And in doing so, what I helped men understand was how to turn your wife back on. You have to to romance her. You can't just expect sex. Number two, you have to start touching her body in a nurturing and loving way, not in a way that is just to try to get sex. You can't Mm. only touch her when you're trying to get in her pants. Number three... Oh my god!
0: Yeah, of course! (laughs) You should say that more slowly just in case someone wasn't paying attention. You can't touch your woman only when you want sex. You have to be
2: loving all the time yeah having a sensual intimate connection with her all the time creating yeah. lots of oxytocin together
0: yeah oxytocin yeah that oh, love, every, that's my
2: favorite high
0: yeah everyone
2: wants. <laughs> well post orgasmic bliss which I'm sure includes a lot a cocktail of a lot of hormones including yeah. oxytocin and so vasopressin
0: I can name them off but that's not the interesting part right
2: yeah so it's what I'm getting said, there like, how do you get there you have to you have to keep it going in the bedroom mm-hmm. you know on the weeknights. Even when you're both too tired for sex or when she's too tired for sex or whatever, try just relaxing together with this breast massage game mm. plan. And so what I explained was that you can do this while you're watching TV, which is great.
1: You can just oh, relax and do this while you're watching right. TV.
2: And the thing is that there are a lot of women who have, I would say probably the majority of women have a lot of uh, body shame around their breasts, mm. not just other parts never of their body. they're never
0: quite what you wanted. You kind of wish no. they were a little bit more or a little bit less or a little bit something. Yeah. And then or over
2: here instead of there and it's like, yeah. "Uh, why can't we just love them?" And yet men look at the women's breasts and they're like, "I love them so much." And yet they don't even play with them enough. So, right. uh, I really want to do is create a way <laughs> that you could have a little bit of weeknight foreplay without it feeling like it needed to go oh, any further. Oh, it doesn't
0: even have to be the end game of sex. No, it's, it's not. just it's, for This funsies. is not
2: actually foreplay Playing to sex. Playing with the girls. Right. Playing right. with the girls. Playing exactly. The girls. <laughs> Get the girls out and play with them. Aww. And so the idea was, okay, you're watching TV in bed. A lot of people do that. Or you're watching TV on the couch if you don't have other kids at home or what have you. And you, as the masculine, you sit up in bed a little bit and you put a pillow on your chest. And then she lays back against you with her head on the pillow oh, okay. and then you have your hands there so you can reach around her and play with a reach the girls. around a reach around <laughs> you play with the girls and what i taught guys was number one use a really nice emollient like a organic coconut oil maybe you put some aromatherapy essential oils in it something like that so that you've got a nice nice slidey you're not going
0: dry healthy right. Right. right.
2: Mm-hmm. get a towel as well along with your massage oil and then and i don't ever like to put anything on my body that is uh, and i recommend no one does that has a lot of chemicals in it you don't sure. because your skin is the largest organ of your body it's sucking all that stuff in so a nice organic coconut oil with your some largest essentials.
0: sex organ i'd like to say
2: yes exactly. your skin is your largest sex organ well said And then what a man will typically do, because he's testosterone driven, so he's like, he's going to go straight to the nipple, straight to the nips. (laughs) And and so what I do is I say, I am mentally smacking your hands away from those nipples. Don't touch the nipples until you have to get there slowly. Yeah. It has to be like, ah. So the first place you start is. You start with her neck and her shoulders mm. and then you start with her sternum, her breastbone, which feels really good. And the little divots underneath her collar bone, above and below her collar bone. And then you stroke the sides of her body on the left and right side beside her breast. You stroke her body and you come up, down and around and up the center of know, her chest. Because you know, that part gets a little irritated with the bra strap. Well, you haven't even got, done the underboob yet. You're <laughs> still circling around. What, what the concept I tell guys is: think about a bullseye. You start from the outside ring in. You don't. You, it's it's actually in a way probably a bad analogy because most guys would be like, "Don't I shoot for the center?" No, you actually don't. The center's the nipples. You want to work your way toward. You want to always start from the extremities and work your way in. You want right. to calm down and her it's nervous also, system. Right,
0: Going to be more stimulating because you're working in, and yeah. it's like
2: you're bringing the blood flow to the breasts. Uh-huh. Breasts have blood a lot of erectile flow, it's all about tissue. Blood flow to Mm -hmm. them. And a guy really understands the concept of erectile tissue because he loves his erection. And so you say, you're giving her breasts erections. But the way that you do that is you bring a lot of blood in, you spend a lot of time really massaging the breast. But first you start with the underneath. You do that under boob where it kind of hangs down. If it does hang down and you rub that because it never gets quite the light of day there. So Um, it's really nice if you take one breast and lift it up and just rub the bottom of the breast tissue there. That just feels Oh, I bet it feels so novel Mm. because it's not getting a lot of love. No. It's it's not getting light, it's not getting love. And then And lots of guys don't ever touch it. They only touch your nipples and nothing else. Exactly. And your entire breast is breast tissue is incredibly erogenous. As is your sternum. As is your neck. There's a lot of erectile tissue in your neck. That's why you like to get your neck bit. That's why you like hickey's when you're a teenager. Oh, the neck biting because it's it feels so well, good. And also so all the good. pheromones. Yes, mm. exactly. Which is nice as well. And then I say, stroke. You know, stroke from the bottom up the top. But, but slide by the nipples. Don't touch them. Like if you're even going right up the front of her breast, start at the bottom, rub up, but like. Let some air flow around the nipples. Don't touch them. So that she can really relax. Because what people don't understand is that arousal begins with relaxation. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system is sympathetic, parasympathetic. Right. So it's a stair step. And mm-hmm. so what you want to do is you want to really let her relax and then you want to Ooh, bring build her up. The stimulation. And when you begin to get near the nipples, you're playing with the whole breast and actually breast tissue likes squeezing a lot. And so you can squeeze it, you can palpate it, you can kind of roll it and knead it through your fingers (laughs) and you'll feel it like poof, starting to blossom. Oh, and get engorged. Exactly. Building blood flow. And pretty soon, even without touching her nipples, her yoni is going to start to have some contractions, orgasmic contractions. And that's just going to bring some lubrication to her vulva. It's going to make her start feeling more turned on. It's going to bring the oxytocin up for her. She's going to feel closer to you. All of a sudden, you start looking like a guy she does want to have sex with right. because you didn't go right for the nips. Now, how do you touch the nips? Well, you start around the aurelia before you touch the nipple, and then it's just little, almost like drive-by brushings. You're playing with her breasts, and ooh, it gets a little stroke, and then the next one gets a little slide by of the finger. And really what you're doing is you're saying, I'm playing with all of your breast tissue here. I'm not trying to dial in FCC free radio. (laughs) You're not tuning in (laughs) Tokyo. (laughs) And then you can really enjoy the nipple stimulation and you can stroke back and forth, up and down, do circles, but incorporate it into the entire breast flow. And then women like different amounts of and strengths of nipple stimulation mm-hmm. and also every woman has that same experience at different times Oh and it's a moving target
0: as because she's you get cyclical. aroused
2: mm-hmm. and and then as she gets aroused. Exactly. So she might like something light at first but she might want more, a little more, a little more, a little Later. more. Yeah. And so you can say, Would you like a little more? or would you like it li- would you like it harder or lighter that's what i call two option leading never mm. ask a woman a question she has to think about the answer to especially while you're not when you're her.
0: aroused because
2: your cerebral cortex is shutting down you got to keep her in her body not her brain yeah yeah so the idea of saying lighter or harder would you like me to pull on them or would you like me to swipe across them always giving her two choices she'll know the answer to that and sometimes if she'll say i don't know say all right i'll just give you both
0: right <laughs> Because sometimes
2: you're, you're, you really aren't going to be able to think of an, a good answer. You now, know? there's a grand finish to this, which yeah. is a very loving thing to do. Is take that little towel that you have beside there, mm. and as you're drying off your hands, you're going to be drying off her chest from all that slippery oil. Because she's going to want to put her nightie on and go to sleep, and so uh, that's just kind of the cleanup. the the aftercare that women really appreciate because we do so much of that for others that having it done for us is really an honor and a blessing. Mm -hmm. And it's a very reverential way to do things. And And all the oxytocin.
0: Yeah. And the other master plan that I was wondering about has to do with a pillow and a sweet spot and oral sex, which, you know, I think a lot of, women really probably like oral sex and we could talk about it more.
2: Well, oral sex is the number one, women, the number one way women experience orgasms is through oral sex. But that's really only because, and I think that, that data might be older. I think the number one way a lot of women achieve orgasm now is just through a vibrator. But having orgasms is a learned skill. And mm-hmm. you get better and better as uh, as a comer over your lifetime if you put your attention on it. Right. And so, though you might start out as having oral sex be like kind of your go-to way, you can mm-hmm. do, orga- as my friend Sherry Winston calls it, orgasmic cross-training, which I love that. She's so brilliant. Oh,
0: yeah, because you really have to do a pleasurable stimulation in two different places to connect those places.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the sweet spot pillow plan. The Sweet Spot Pillow Plan is a cunnilingus sex position. This is where you're going down on her. And the concept is part of my Lover Space series of techniques, which is that you want her and yourself to be totally comfortable so you can get on down there for the long haul, so you can get lost in her pussy with your mouth and your fingers. The Pillow Plan looks like this. She looks like a queen on a throne. A pillow queen. A pillow queen. A conolingus queen, I think. <laughs> and so essentially what you're doing is you're putting a big, nice pillow... A long one, if you have it, under her butt and her back, or two smaller ones. So you're lifting her up off the bed so that when you get down there on your chest with your neck cocked back to get into her vulva, you're not going to be straining your neck. Oh, that way it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, you want to take care of the giver and the receiver. Right? right? Everybody's comfort is what's... uh, You get all Everybody wins. And the thing that a lot of people think is, well, it's not going to be as good if, you know, he doesn't just throw me down on the bed and dive in but in actual fact women like it when 90 mo- percent of women really appreciate the attention to detail to comfort for everyone involved so you so she's laying on two pillows and then she takes two more pillows on each side of her legs as she butterflies her legs open or throws her legs over those pillows so she's got leg support so her legs open don't so she's get not gonna tired. get sore either yes those groin muscles don't get tired and then she might want pillows for her arms or she might want them down on the bed and then she has a pillow or, or even two able to play with his hair Yes, uh, pillow or two, be or take pictures of him down there eating or out <laughs> to, to text him later yeah. and tell him how hot he was and what a great <laughs> uh, pussy eater he was. Sure, it's almost
1: like a restorative yoga pose. Oh right? yeah, you know, it, it, it is restorative it is. yoga. Is. Yes. A lot of the things right. I teach really yes.
2: are very similar to restor- I have a new, my newest book is the Soul Made Embrace, mm. and it's a technique for holding and being held that uses all the pillow positions. So. You're propped up as far or as low as you want to go, and then that way you're comfortable, he's comfortable, and you can enjoy yourselves for as long as you'd like to come. And I know for me, I didn't used to even like oral sex, and that's because no one had gone down on me very well, right? And until I got this boyfriend who was a grade A number one pussy eater, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this that's is what, what it's all like, you bitches oh. have been (laughs) 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 bitches that I love and um so what was great about that was uh, then I realized, oh, the more comfortable you are and the more you can relax into it, and the more your guy really gets into it or your woman gets into it for you, the more you get into it and the more orgasms you can have. And then right. I, I, can, I can easily be in an expanded orgasmic state for a good 30 or 40 minutes now from oral It takes training. Straight up. It's so nice. Yeah, you can
0: train yourself. Yes. It's something you, it's like a meditation.
2: Yes. Even. Yeah. You stay in the state and mm. ride the sensation.
0: Amen, sister. Whee! Oh, it's so great Whee! to have you on the show again. Um, John Miller just wanted to remind me that we're going until 55. So I want to make sure that everyone gets their websites in and okay. we get to talk about our projects. Sure. So, um, and what is your next project?
1: I'm just writing about food. Mm-hmm. next. And I find you've got a fun. hunger, Anne well, I do <laughs> well, oxytocin, food is sex. Man, it's so important, no really, mm. in theater, food is sex when you mm. think about it oh it's really it is there's so much there, so mm. uh my friend Ellen Sebastian Chang, who's a director and a tour, had told me that years ago, and i I've come to believe that there's some, yes, it is, you know in theater at any rate, and if you know for me, words are my currency, mhm. And uh it is a pleasurable way i mean it's a sensu it's a vicarious sensuous experience. I give you the words and you experience the the movie in your mind, if you will, so mm-hmm. yeah, so it's about food next go round but right cool. these days get and Gandhi. you can
0: find uh, get Gandhi it's hashtag get Gandhi a, rad- a radical feminist comedy and it's at
1: Zspace below right so you could go to www.zspace.org to get your tickets
2: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. and Susan. Well, I'd say my best work is showing up on YouTube right now. I mean, I'm busting out in Bavarian barmaid outfits, talking about blowjobs, and I'm doing like <laughs> sexual energy on the on the cockpit of space shuttles in a Ooh. silver jumpsuit. Oh. And I'm just like in. Ah. I'm doing a lot of like Ooh. really fun improvisational costume sex education. Oh, I can't on, wait! to, I wait, to wait, you, you just like do a great Barbarella. <laughs> oh wow! So you can find me if you go to Better Lover. Dot com. It takes you right to my YouTube channel. Oh. I set up my husband, Sir Tim, set nice. up nice URL redirects oh. for me, wow. mm. and uh, that's definitely my best work right now. Nice. Yeah, I've got Just new seven new stimulating sex positions that touch multiple erogenous zones. I've got a whole really hot series on penis growth a lot of guys have penises that atrophy over time how do you do that or add length and girth they want hey women want bigger boobs guys want bigger dicks Which, that's just you know, how it goes. I don't
0: know that men really need bigger wieners because well it's not what they need it's I'm
2: what' they so want. happy
0: with what it is already <laughs> yeah. you know and I get a lot of like Sometimes it gets too big, and I'm like, I don't know what you're gonna do with that. Yeah, it's
2: very nice. Yeah, that's save that one for me because I'm, <laughs> I'm a giant woman with a giant vagina, so I don't mind giant. A giant my flog. vagina is eight
0: miles wide.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what's her name, Stormy? I, I don't remember. Stormy but Daniels. My, my vagina again. is yeah. eight miles no, no, that's not. That's eight the miles. Star that the honey right. Honey yeah.
0: But <laughs> my vagina is eight miles wide. Is
2: totally yeah, worth. it. Stormy Large. Out. I think your name. Stormy. is. Something Stormy. Stormy. Yeah. She has a TED Talk. Yeah. Wow, Susan Bratton.
0: Thank you so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica, Anne, Galjur, Get Gandhi. Thank you so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica and thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to Sexploration with Monica on iTunes and have new episodes delivered automatically or download free podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com.